Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to our latest Empire Podcast interview special. Spike Lee is one of the greatest modern American filmmakers. School Days, She's Gotta Have It, Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, He Got Game, 25th Hour, Inside Man, Black Klansman, Defy Bloods are just some of the Spike Lee joints we've been treated to over the last five decades. He's one of the most influential, innovative, and vital voices in cinema. But don't just take my word for it, take the word of the British Film Institute, the BFI, who bestowed their highest honour, the BFI Fellowship, upon Spike in February. That's when I was invited to have an audience with Spike Lee in a London hotel room, which is what you're about to hear now. But he wasn't just in London to receive the fellowship. He also visited the National Film Archive in Berkhamsted, just outside London, to learn more about the BFI's incredible work in film restoration and preservation. As part of that, a brand new remastered 4K print of Malcolm X has been created and will be making its debut as part of the BFI's Film on Film Festival, a four-day season which celebrates celluloid. It runs from June 8th to June 11th at the BFI South Bank in London. Tickets are on sale now at whatson.bfi.org.uk and will feature all manner of special presentations, rare prints, exciting rediscoveries, 16mm and 35mm and nitrate prints, documentaries, special talks, and much, much more. And Malcolm X is going to be playing at the Film on Film Festival on June 10th at 4.20pm at the NFT1. It can't be any more precise than that. If you've never seen it, or you've never seen it on the big screen, then you should strongly consider it, as chances are it will never have looked this good. And so because of Malcolm X's presence in the film on Film Festival, it felt good and right and proper to spend the bulk of my time with Spike Lee on that movie and his memories of making it. But we also talked about other things, including his work as a teacher at NYU, Arsenal's ill-fated title challenge, which was then very much in the ascendancy, and much, much more. He's a great interview, playful, sharp as attack, and not without an opinion or two, as anyone who's followed his career will know. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Do please enjoy. We are delighted to be joined in the Empire Podcast by the great Spike Lee, who is here live in London. How are you, sir? Are you good? Feeling great. Good, good, good. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, congratulations on on last night, the BFI Fellowship. How are you feeling? Thank you very much. <laughs> How does it feel to be a BFI Fellow? Well, you know, initially, initially I didn't, when I when I got the the email, I didn't even know what a BFI fellowship <laughs> is, but yeah. then I uh, did more research and saw the, the illustrious members of this group, mm-hmm. these fellows, mm-hmm. and women too. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yes. last night was amazing. Uh, Clive Bowen. Gave me the award, my brother. Uh, I think the audience enjoyed the clips from the various films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tomorrow I give a master class. I'm a professor, tenured professor of film at the best film school in the United, in best film school in the world, uh, NYU, NYU University, graduate yeah, yeah. film school. Yeah. So my plane lands Thursday at JFK. I go straight to class. I teach on Thursdays. Wow. Okay. And will it, will anything that's happened this week inform your class this week, or have you, is it all planned out already? I'll probably think about what I'll do somewhere over the pond. 
<laughs> For those who don't know, that's the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> you've got a, you've got a packed all week as well because you were just at the uh, the BFI National Archive in Berkhamsted this yes, afternoon. Yes, and, and and tomorrow, <laughs> I might respectfully say, uh-huh. uh, Arsenal win will just top it off. <laughs> A big match against Man City tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to I'll the Emirates. Be sitting in the box. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Shout out to Arsenal for putting me in the box. <laughs> Been coming with my a new Oswell Botang suit. Very nice. I'm not messing around. Very nice. Okay. Good. 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 Um. Well, listen. This this podcast spike is going to go out in April or May, so we'll know by this point by, by the time it goes out whether <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> have been successful in winning the league. But what do you think? It's been a minute, though. It but, has uh, been a minute, 20 years. And a lot of people ask me, you know, since I, you know, every time I come to England, I say, why Arsenal? I say, Terry Henry. <laughs> That's my guy. <laughs> We're friends, too. So. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, I wish you all the best. I wish you all the best uh, tomorrow night uh, in the, in your box. Uh, but it's also been, you're going back to NYU, and you've been teaching there now, what, 30 years? 30 years. 30 years. So if my maths are correct, and they're usually not, this means you started teaching at NYU the year after Malcolm X came out. Yeah, that's around there. Okay. Can you talk me through the, 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 the events up, that led to that? I, my family, long line of educators, so yeah. it was just natural. Yeah. Was it in any way a reaction to... Malcolm X, because I'm fascinated about how Malcolm X, the film, impacted no, your, your life. No, do with that. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I graduated from NYU Graduate mm-hmm. Film School. Ernest Dickens, who shot all my films up to Malcolm X and Ang Lee during my class. Mm. Jim Jarmusch, two years He's ahead? Two years ahead of me. <laughs> to this day, we all say Jim Jarmusch is our hero because we weren't around when Mars Scorsese was there. We won around when Oliver Stone was there. Yeah. But I worked in the equipment room, so I checked out equipment at the gym. So this is somebody we knew. And when Strange in Paradise hit, we all believe it was believable. <laughs> and for she's going to have it. I just followed with the film festivals all the way that film was marked. I just followed what uh, my hero Jim, Jim Jarmusch did. Yeah. So he was very instrumental. Or me, you know, getting in. So you've been, you've been doing this now for, for 30 years. Uh, you must have had some interesting talent come through your classroom in that time. Have you, have you seen a, a Jarmusch? Have you seen an Ang Lee? Have you seen another Spike oh, Lee? Yeah. I mean, uh, Chloe, who won the Oscar. She was a student of mine. Uh, Shaka, uh, the Judist, mm-hmm. the Black Panther film, the whole time. Of, of people and most recently and Sundance NYU killed it you know as far as awards go for for, for films uh, AFI and USC were, were, were far behind <laughs> amazing uh, so I want to talk as well about another reason why you're here you're at the National Archive today to uh, which is which is issuing a new print of Malcolm X later on this year as part of the Film on Film Festival. Yeah, I think June 9th to 10th. I think. Okay, all right. And so were you 
keeping an eye on things uh, or have you seen the have you, have you seen the new print were you there to check up on them make i sure it was have all good, no okay? worries <laughs> about malcolm x not being the finest print possible mm -hmm. i just touring bfi today and so there i have no worries that print they're gonna make is gonna be pristine and sound great <laughs> i'm not worried at all i mean it's it's you know it's coming off a pretty good negative i'm guessing you know it it, it looks pretty damn good well i don't know where they got it from but i'm not worried <laughs> uh is film shooting on film is that important to you or is that something that you're i mean it is a lot of this economics you know a lot of these studios won't give it extra money to uh or streamers want to shoot mm. film, especially if they know they're never going to see screen in the theater. It's just going to be, a, you know, they see it as a waste almost on t TV. So you know they're always trying to cut corners. But uh, I would like to shoot film. It's it's been a while since I've done a film that wasn't shot, you know, you know digitally. Mm. Something to go back to, perhaps. Oh yeah, get the budget for it. <laughs> when was the last time you you shot in film? Mm. Might have been Summer Sam. Wow, that's nineteen ninety nine, isn't it? I have to look, but maybe it's not that far. But that's yeah. the, just for the uh, Ellen Curious, great yeah, DP. Yeah. We did a lot of mixing of the stocks and stuff like that for, yeah. for that film. Well. Malcolm X is going to look incredible, and I'm fascinated by that movie. It's obviously a tremendous movie. Thank you. I'm fascinated by where you were at the time that that movie was made, and where you were in your headspace after mm -hmm. it came out as well. I was looking at the um, the date that you started filming, so I believe it was Sunday, September fifteenth, nineteen ninety one. We began shooting on a Sunday? Apparently so. Why? Apparently so. God knows. <laughs> Who knows? I don't remember ever shooting on a Sunday. Well, there, it, was a, it was in a, the making of documentary. So. Oh, I know why. Okay. Why is that? We had to close the street. Of course. That was the opening scene where we have a crane, and we have a subway go by, we crane down. Then the, the steady cam operator, the great Ted Churchill, Bless his soul. Stepped off the crane, walked in, and my I was getting my as a character short, I was getting my shoes shining. Mm -hmm. That's why. You're right. I remember. Sunday was the only day we could close that with from permission from New York City. We closed that street. Wow. That took you quite a long time to get that shot right, I believe. Is that is that correct? Oh, it's very intricate. <laughs> I don't know how many we had cars, you had the subway extras i mean it was but that was planned like that because we wanted the audience to know that this is a big film from the jump mm -hmm. and ernst dickerson as i said before who shot all my films in nyu and malcolm x the last time he shot for me we we studied the films uh the big films of david lane dr shivago bridge river kwai and uh lawrence arabian it was and what happened was before while we were in pre-production, Columbia Pictures 
we released a new version of a, I mean, new mix in print of uh, Lawrence Rabin. Mm-hmm. We got to see this in the Zigfield Theater in New York, which was the best theater in New York City. It's no longer there, but that, that mm-hmm. was really uh, helped us a lot because we wanted this film to be big. You wanted to have that scope from the from the big, off. yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at the films I just named: Doctor Vago, <laughs> Lawrence Arabia, and Bridget River Choir. Yeah, and today at the BFI, uh, we saw the actual drawings for the bridge. Wow! For Bridge River Choir. Wow! And the thing that makes about that film is that there was no thing called a CG, so they had one take for that. When that bridge, when that train goes the bridge, they blow up the bridge. The train goes into the river. They had one take. <laughs> so I always think about how many cameras they had going. Yeah. Yeah. There's one take. Yeah. That the, you the can't bridge reset. blows up There's and no the reset. train goes into the, the river. <laughs> Did you have elements of, of that on, on your early films as well, where you don't have those CG assists? I mean, Malcolm X is made in the early 90s and CG was in its infancy at the time. I imagine now you would shoot that shot on a Monday because you'd be able to, you know, do it on a back lot with loads of green screen and it'd all be good. No. <laughs> the, the way we did was the way it, 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 It's the right way to go. Yes. It's, it's the right we, way to go. We did the way it should be done right there. So, so the reason I was asking about the, the opening shot and, and shooting it on a Sunday uh, was... Jungle Fever came out about a week and a half before you started filming on Malcolm X. The year before is Mo Better Blues. The year before that is Do the Right Thing. I mean, that's a pretty astonishing burst of creativity. So, at what point did Malcolm X enter your headspace? I mean, that's one of the most important books I read in junior high school. So, I became a student of Malcolm even before I decided to want to be a filmmaker. So that that was not something just thought up at the last minute. Mm. But the film itself, the opportunity to make the film, is something that yeah, came but, up. I mean, as I said before, I read the book. All 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 of Malcolm X was told to Alex Haley. So that's the most. That book has, has been even today. I read it once a year. So it was in my brain, in my soul, way before I decided I want to be a filmmaker. And Marvin worked the, the the producer, even trying to get that film made for decades. Uh, many people, the star in it, Richard Pryor one time was going to be Malcolm X and various script writers. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Norman, it was announced that Norman Jewison was going to do it. And uh, I said a couple statements. <laughs> you <And> Spike? <laughs> just, I don't just a couple. <laughs> and I have to, even today, anytime I can, you know, we talk about Malcolm X, I give my respect to Norman Juice because he had the job. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have to step aside. So uh, I want to thank Mr. Juice again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Did you speak directly to him at any point? Yeah, we had uh, Mar- Marvin uh, arrange for us to speak. Can you reveal what was said, or was that very much a private between conversation? Between Noah and I, mm-hmm. we just had a discussion, you know, and uh, he gracefully stepped aside. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, there's an existing screenplay already. Uh, did you start, was it a page one rewrite for you? Yes. 
in in if I'm right in thinking longhand. Yes, I, <laughs> which I, I love. I don't type. <laughs> you should try it, Spike. It's incredibly freeing. Not the way my brain works. <laughs> I gotta have pen, mumblock pen in hand. Yeah, purple ink. Is that correct? Purple ink. Okay. Okay. And I could afford a mumblock back then. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big pen. V I C. So where did you start? Because you've you've read, as you say, you you read the book every single year. So had you had you got the movie in your head when you sat down to write yes. it? Even before I started to write, I mean, the script was there. There were several scripts that had been written over the years. But uh, I just had, a, you know, intense research. All the documentary films, newsreel footage, books about Malcolm. So it was just like any film I do, I, I try to get it, do as much research as I can that's available to me. Mm -hmm. And then how do you see through all that to get it on the page? Well, I write stuff down on a five by seven index card. Yeah. And just file it and then I have enough stuff I put in the order of the script. So sort of like, so it serves as an outline, but it's on index cards. Mm. Because it feels like it was an opportunity that here's the train, get on the train, history's calling. Mm -hmm. This is your chance. It felt very much like that from the outside. Oh, it was definitely a calling. I mean, that, that was, uh, you know, everybody was locked in. Mm -hmm. you know, it was on the same page, and we all knew the importance of this film. And besides that, I can go anywhere where black people wouldn't tell me, Spike, don't fuck up Malcolm X. So <laughs> I didn't need a reminder. I was being told every day. <laughs> so you knew. But you must present that to yourself in a, in a weird way. I was confident in myself. So, yeah. I mean, if I, if I thought that one, I wouldn't have my neck on the line. Mm. Because, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's such a stylish, striking film visually as well. Ernest Dickerson. Ernest Dickerson. But... Production designer, Wynn Thomas. Mm -hmm. Costume designer, Oscar winning. <laughs> Oscar winning, yeah. Ruth Carter, who's been nominated again for a second time for uh, Black Clans, for, for Wakanda. I mean, it's a hell of a team. It's a hell of a team. I mean, that was for for many years. It started in, uh, with, with uh, school days. But where does that translate? I mean, we're talk we, we talked a little bit earlier on about you know, the incredible alumni that you were with at NYU. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know you've said in the past that one of the secrets for anyone trying to get into film directing is to bust your ass. Just work really, really hard. Well, I think, I think they hear say bust your arse. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they, we, don't, we don't say ass. <laughs> bust your bottom, Spike, is what, is what, is what we'll oh, say over oh, here. That too. <laughs> you can bust that your too. bottom. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it. You, you also need... Uh, you know, some talent, a degree of talent uh, as well to stand out well, from the crowd. Of, look, I know there's a lot of people who work and don't have talent, so I don't know if I want to make that a... Uh... I feel seen, Spike. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel very, very seen right now. But, you know, there is such clarity of vision in Malcolm X. Everything is working beautifully in tandem. Where did that surety come from for you? Where did the utter, where did the confidence 
to make shot choices like the opening shot of the film or the the opening the opening when the, the opening flag, images we when, see the burning the, the burning flag absolutely with the meeting of Rodney King uh-huh just inspiration knowing how important this film is that's where it all came from mm. and having Denzel must have helped as well I was gonna say that I mean, he he was <laughs> he was the glue I mean I talked about that last night at the the award ceremony and yeah, that performance is uh still it never is never gonna get old what Denzel did when you see the commitment you know the and as I, as I said last night that he's playing various stages of the evolution of of Malcolm mm. certain biopics lately have been accused of perhaps being hagiographies or perhaps uh, sanding off the rough edges of their subjects, and that's certainly something that can't be leveled at, at Malcolm X. And that feels to me that's something that well, you and Denzel were criminal acts. I mean, we're not trying to say that he's ne he was never in jail, never in a penitentiary, mm -hmm. never just drugs. Was also a pimp too, you know. That's he put that in the book in autobiography, so <laughs> I can't leave that out. <laughs> that's, he, he wrote. He, he told that to Alex Haley himself. You're circling that when you're reading it, going, "Okay, that's <laughs> there's a scene, there's two scenes." Nowadays, though, when you read the book, that's a fascinating, you know, uh, revelation that you read the book every year. Do you get something new from it each time? Do you get something? Do you read something and go, "Oh, I mean, I could have put that in." I'll give an analogy. I mean, a great film. I mean, if you, yeah, great films. I know that. Uh, this might have happened to you where you've seen this film numerous times and then you watch it again and you see something you didn't see before. So mm -hmm. I think that's the same, th same thing with literature too. Anything uh, spring to mind from recent mm -hmm. readings of the book? Anything that stands out for you? What stands out is that you know, black and brown people still, still oppressed. And it's something that... that, that uh, Malky gave his life for. In fact, I wanted to ask about that. Uh, the shooting, the assassination scene. Mm -hmm. Is that something that sticks in your mind? Because it's oh, yeah. such a powerful sequence. Well, we say that to the laughs. Yeah. Because we knew everybody dreaded the shoot that scene. We, no pun intended. And uh, I just felt strategically we say that for the last because the esprit the de corpse of the, the 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 cast, the crew was sky high. But like one of those Wall Street graphs every day, you yeah. know, we're moving down and then the week before you could physically tell, you know, people that and they know they know it's their job, but they knew that was gonna be a rough three or four days shooting assassination mm. of Malcolm X. And was it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Again, no uh no wordplay by me saying shooting assassination. Uh, no, let's say oh, we shot so filming because that we that was filming it. Film. Yeah, yeah. You are someone who knows how to end movies. And uh, well, that's debatable. <laughs> a I, lot of people. I would, I'm glad you like the end so much. I, <laughs> a lot I, of people <laughs> have, I, I, have, I, have expressed different views. 
you know, whether it's 25th Hour, Brian Cox's incredible monologue and that, or, you know, the... You know, it's funny about that. Yeah. Uh, we kept shooting, uh, we had to keep giving Brian Cox more stuff to say because we had all this, we had all this footage. But Brian, he's one of the, he was, his voice too. Yeah. It's amazing. He's Scottish, right? He is, yeah. Not that you could tell from that movie. He lives in Brooklyn. He lives in the neighborhood next to me. Really? Great guy. <laughs> Great. Has he been? Do you still do the block party every year? For Well, we haven't done it since the pandemic. Oh, man. Okay. This year, maybe, do you think? We'll see, you know, how this... <laughs> yes. <laughs> people are still getting sick, you know. Yeah. It's still, it's, it hasn't gone away. It's not gone there's away. A, there's a phrase people keep saying during the pandemic or po you know post pandemic it's like we're still in the pandemic right yes. now mm -hmm. um but hopefully hopefully you could do a log party again and hopefully brian cox can go along that'd be that'd be amazing <laughs> because i love the ending of that movie but i was i was just thinking about the ending of of malcolm x because it's obviously hugely impactful but i can think of few greater flexes by a filmmaker than the end of malcolm x where you introduce Nelson Mandela at the end. His only, <laughs> his only film. Amazing. And now, let me tell you, I know we got to go. I'll get a quick story. Yeah. We did Malcolm X at Warner Brothers. And when they saw the great Nelson Mandela, they were like perplexed. Why is Nelson Mandela in this film? I had to educate him. Nelson Mandela was in prison for 27 years. And he said that autobiography, Malcolm X, kept him alive. Mm -hmm. And that's why Nelson Mandela was at the end of that movie. And, and Malcolm X. That's amazing. Another story. So at the end, he's saying word for word Malcolm's speech by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. But when he was reading the script, he said, Spike, I can't say by any means necessary. And I knew why. Mm -hmm. Because he was, he was planning to run for president. Yeah, of course. Of course. And uh, the, the Africanas will use that clip against him. And to say that when, when Nelson Mandela is saying by any means necessary, it means that we will kill you. I said, no problem, because I knew I had the archival footage mm -hmm. of Malcolm saying that. So that's why. That's why you got to film, that. You hear Malcolm X saying, by means necessary, and not Nelson Mandela. That's amazing. That is amazing. True story. True story. Uh, I presume that was shot towards the end. Soweto. Yeah. That was our last. After the holidays, we went to uh, Egypt. Where we had the stuff, uh, the Nile River, the Sphinx, Denzel was on the 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 the, the camels, uh, the pyramids, mm -hmm. and then we flew to. Uh, we were supposed to fly directly from Cairo to Johannesburg, but we had to make a detour and land in Nairobi because. We got a bomb threat. Shit. So we had to, while we were in the air. Wow. They didn't tell us. We just, so we had to land in Nairobi. 
Wow. And then we uh, checked the plane. We had a whole, they had a big welcoming party for us. But we got there like six hours later, but it was gone. <laughs> they were like, we're going home. <laughs> wow. Bomb threat. Uh, specifically against the production or? They knew we were on the plane. Jesus. Was that something that happened quite a lot? Because I imagine. A jungle fever had a death threat. Wow. When we shot in this Italian American neighborhood. Jesus. Spike. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're still here. Yeah, let me show you. Uh, in fact, I just saw uh, somebody went down in the basement and pulled up the newspaper from that day and uh, just got a frame and I put it on my Instagram, but I'll show it to you right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The title is The Daily News Spike. Police guard Spike Lee. Cops guard Spike Lee. Flashback to Jungle Fever. Filmed in the fall of 1990. I got death threats too. And that's the bodyguards. Truth. <laughs> read read the, the headline. Cops guard Spike Lee. Brooklyn filming sparks racial threat. And then there's another one that says, Guarding Spike. His new movie, Sparks Threat. And if I, I bet if I could zoom in, I could read a little bit more as well. And that's on Jungle Fever. Yes. Wow. And just to wrap up, uh, have you reread? The autobiography of uh, Malcolm X this year. Are you scheduling no, that in? It's only, it's only it's February. February. It's only February. It's only February. This is going out. Are oh, you April trying though. to say because it's Black History Month, I have to read <laughs> the autobiography of Malcolm X as told Alex Haley? Is that what you're trying you, to say? You're putting words in my mouth, Spike. You're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm, not, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm fascinated. I'm just asking. You know, I don't know if that's required reading during Black History Month. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> which I might add, the shortest month of the year, too. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Very pointed, indeed. Uh, well, I'm going to let you go. But, Spike, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, indeed. Well, well thank you very much. And uh, keep doing your thing. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get a mic stand, all right? I Next know, time. I've been watching it. It's been just drooping the entire time for the interview, but it's, it's all fine. It's been an absolute pleasure. Right, bye bye. Cheers, Spike. See ya. Okay, that was Spike Lee. Thanks to him for his perseverance and stoicism in the face of a microphone stand that just did not cooperate. And thanks to Jill and Liz at the BFI for making this happen. Once again, the Film on Film Festival is on at the BFI South Bank from June 8th until June 11th. Malcolm X plays on June 10th and is essential for any fans or friends of film. Go to whatson.bfi.org.uk for more info and to book tickets. Right, that's enough for me. Thank you so much for listening. As ever, see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.